Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's get hype. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. Week three, Nebraska at home for the first time. Memorial Stadium lit up at night. Football weather, it's fantastic right now. I think the forecast for Saturday is in the the high of like a low 70s, mid 70s. By the time that game kicks off at at 6 o'clock at night, it's probably going to be like in the 60s. All of this is good. However, Nebraska comes in with an 0-2 record, and they will be facing Northern Illinois. And to get you prepared for this game, Husker 24-7, is uh, on hand to discuss Nebraska, Northern Illinois, and we have a special guest with us, as we do every single week. This time, Evan Bland, I believe, making his debut on the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. Evan from the World Herald. Evan, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. This is this is fun. It's uh, finally a home game week, two weeks on the road, kind of a weird deal, but ready for some, uh, some action at Memorial Stadium. Should be a good time. You saying this is fun and Brunt shaking his head up in the corner of the screen at the same time. I mean, I I feel like we've already got an interesting debate set up here, Brunt. Why is this not fun? Evan's new here. I like his spunk. He's 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 very uh, ready to do this. He's recovered from the uh, the Broncos season opening loss, which is good. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You're both Broncos fans. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. Yeah, need a kicker. Everybody needs a kicker. Yeah, you had week. one. They let big him weekend go. in Denver, yeah. I mean, the, the big win on Saturday and then the gut punch on Sunday. That's a roller coaster of emotions in the Mile High City. Yep. All right. No let's, let's, let's talk some Huskers Huskies. Okay. Sean Eichhorst Cup. Let's, uh, we, Evan, here's what we do. We talk about the offense for a little bit, and then we talk about the defense for a little bit, and then we make some wacky predictions. So we'll start 
right away, offensive side of the ball. And I'll, I'll give you the most exciting question that you can have on <laughs> offense. Evan Bland, what would you do with Jeff Sims, assuming he's healthy, going into the Northern Illinois game? Okay. So we are talking about the offense today. I didn't know if we were going to do that this week. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see, right? Like, who, who knows how uh, how limited he is maybe going into – into Saturday night, if if he is, then you're 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 talking about taking away the, the biggest asset, um, you know, of his game in terms of just the explosiveness that he has. So uh, it's it's tough. Like if I'm Marcus Satterfield, I'm probably adjusting my play calling a little bit. I think it's made uh, abundantly clear that Nebraska coaches think that Jeff Sims gives them the best chance to win uh, over whoever would be number two or number three between you know, Harburg or Purdy. Um, and so if you're, if your guy's not able to run at full strength or full explosiveness, I think you gotta mix it up a little bit, maybe a few screens, maybe, uh, some shorter passes, lean on the tight ends a little bit more, Borkature and, and Fedoni. Um, but it's been interesting, right? Cause you saw how much they leaned on Sims in the, in the run game at Minnesota. They backed off of that for the Colorado game quite a bit. And I think with the injury, I, I would I would be surprised if they go heavy quarterback run game option draw whatever this week. So I think it, I'd probably start Sims, and I'd look at uh, a lot of short to intermediate passes. Brunt, what uh, what are your thoughts on Nebraska's running back room, running back game so far uh, through two weeks of of offense? We saw a lot of Gabe Irvin against Colorado. Um, where where are things for the running backs? Uh, I, I would, I would call it serviceable. Like, I think they've been able to get some things done in the, in the running back run game. Um, you know, Irvin's been fine. Um, he's not going to be a guy that's, you know, going to take it 80 yards to the house. You saw a little bit from Ramir Johnson late. I mean, I think that can be a nice one, two punch. The question is, what do you do with Anthony Grant? I mean, he didn't, didn't play against Colorado. Sounds like, he may have a role uh, against Northern Illinois, but I, I think you're going to need that group to, if Jeff Sims is limited or uh, not able to, to be, you know, the, the hundred percent Jeff Sims, you're, you're going to need that group to give you something. And, you know, I, I think they can over the next two games, it's just got to be a little bit more consistent. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I liked the, the wrinkles they threw in with the running backs in the third quarter against Colorado, but it, it just hasn't been enough of it yet. So give me more of that, uh, but just a little bit more, a little bit more efficiency would be nice. Evan, we saw more Billy Kemp against Colorado than we did against Minnesota, and they were able to utilize him a little bit more. But for the most part, the passing game still a bit of a struggle for Nebraska's offense. As you kind of size up what you've seen through the first two weeks, and then sort of looking forward, in what ways do you think Nebraska can can really, you know, actually improve upon where they're at as a passing team? I mean, I think there's potential, certainly, to improve. I think, you know, Kemp had five catches on seven targets, so they certainly made him more of a factor. Um, well, like I mentioned, I think this is a tight end sort of game where you can go over the middle and, and, and target those bigger bodied guys um you know Alex Bullock I don't know that that isn't his game has necessarily translated from what Nebraska coaches have seen behind the scenes to what we've seen through two games so there's some upward mobility there and then sort of the the ever-present storyline of the freshman receivers you know who is that who's going to be that guy that can pop and 
make some plays. And, and it looks like Jalen Lloyd and Malachi Coleman would be your most likely candidates for that. They jumped onto the depth chart this week. They've picked up the offense. They have the speed. And, you know, I thought Matt Rule uh, kind of had some good thoughts at his press conference on Monday about, you know, Nebraska might just need to take a few more uh, shots downfield, a few more uh, deep balls, if, if for no other reason than to loosen up the defense and give them something to think about. But it is a different kind of offense than what Nebraska's had when they've had a guy like Samari Toure or Trey Palmer who've been able to take the top off and run downfield. I think this is more of a, a possession-style group, a group that's going to have to run its routes well as opposed to just beat somebody in a foot race. And so I think they have the ability to do that. Um, and so there is some potential there, but um, obviously they haven't shown it yet. And so it's sort of a leap of faith to think uh, that it's going to happen if it hasn't happened yet. Bruns, uh, you're, you're the guy in the tight end room. I mean, what, what have we seen out of the tight end so far? And where do you think that group can kind of continue to add as we move forward this season? Yeah, the, the most we saw from the tight ends against Colorado was just them going after Travis Hunter. I mean, that that's that's the videos we've seen. Um, yep. they, they got Borkature early that in the dog game. dog and Travis Hunter there with yeah, the non-15-yard yeah. penalty called on him. Um, Fedoni had the late touchdown catch. I I mean, we, we mentioned this earlier in the week on the podcast. It seems like the tight end group is having to – kind of shift more of its attention to being able to help in the blocking game, just given kind of Nebraska's issues there. I, you know, I, I agree with Evan. I mean, that this seems like a game where if your quarterback's going to be a little bit limited, you, you need the tight ends to get involved in the offense. It seems like there's been throws over the middle that can be had the last couple of games, just with how Nebraska's offense has operated. And you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think Fedoni can be an X factor. I, I think, you know, he's got the skill set to do that. It's just, uh, you know, that they haven't been targeted much in the first two games. And I, I think that's been a little bit of, of a surprise for me, given maybe what Marcus Satterfield's history has been with trying to involve tight ends and use them in different ways and, you know, use two tight ends, three tight ends, that kind of thing. So th this seems like a week where you should actually, you know, lean on those guys a little bit more in the passing game. We'll see if it happens. Evan, has the first two weeks changed your opinion on on Nebraska's offensive line at all from where you were at coming into the season? Uh, not really. I mean, I think they have shown a little bit of improvement. Um, you know, even from the very first snap at Minnesota when they, when they were able to move the pile on that quarterback sneak from the one, like that was something that I don't know we would have seen from a Nebraska line a year or two. Moving the pile is a rare thing around these parts. I agree. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, Ben Scott has been a guy like a, like a good official, right? Like we haven't really seen much out of him or noticed him much. And I think that's a good thing from a center. Uh, I think the interior line has shown improvement with Nuri uh, and what he's been able to do. Ethan Piper's had his moments uh, I, I think Bryce Benhart's shown improvement as well uh, on that right edge. But, you know, it's again, it's a group that maybe went from like obvious liability last year to um, just just OK. And I, to be fair, like their uh, their running backs haven't necessarily uh, bailed them out. The rest of the offense hasn't necessarily bailed them out. I think Jeff Sims and his ability to run when fully healthy is is probably one of the best things for that group, just to give defenders something else to look at and, and require them to, to bring another defender into the box. But um, I guess I would say the group is better than what it was last year. I still don't think it, it would be what you would call 
an asset for, for the offense necessarily. I still think they're building toward that. They have some, some freshmen who are maybe a, a year or two away from being those guys. But there is some depth. There is some leadership there. Uh, we, we clearly know that they spent an offseason like doing absolutely everything together. So I, I think you can kind of sense that uh, that camaraderie out there for whatever that's worth. Um, but yeah, I, I, I suppose it's a win from last year, but still a ways to go to uh, really help this offense score points the way that it wants to. We will jump over to the defensive side of the ball and talk about things for the uh, the black shirts who have had a pretty good start to the season, at least relative to what people might have expected. Michael Brunts, Nebraska had seven sacks against Colorado. When was the last time you remember Nebraska looking that good up front in the passing game? Uh, twenty eighteen Colorado is what the uh, the game notes say. Um, that was there was a lot of positivity um, about the the pass rush after that game, but no, I, I think. The fact that they've been able to get pressure, the fact that they've had a bunch of different guys bringing the pressure, I think, is, is a positive. I mean, when you've got Riley Van Poppel in there getting a the sack and, you know, at times you had, uh, you know, three freshmen along your defensive line. I, I think that bodes well for not only the future, but I mean, just, you know, right now, just having that that depth of guys that can can get after the quarterback. I think they've also done a pretty good job of you know, just scheming up pressure, too. I, I, I think. You know, as much as we heard in the, the fall about the different looks that they were giving the offense and how challenging that was, I think that's kind of played out uh, to this point in the season. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's a, a group that can continue to uh, get pressure. It's just a matter of, you know, how do you how do you turn that pressure into uh, turnovers and, and the, the types of plays that can help out a, a, a struggling offense with some short fields, things like that. Evan, what, what have you made of Nebraska's uh, second-level group at, at linebacker and, and all the different pieces that Tony White through two weeks has it been able to slide in and out and gotten good production out of while doing so? Yeah, I think that's the most impressive part is, like, we knew that Nick Henrich and Luke Reimer were dudes and that they were uh, established veterans. You know, first of all, and, and Matt Rules made a point of, of pointing this out multiple times, like, those guys had success in Eric Chenander's old offense or defense um, and they bought into this one and they've had some success there too. And I think their description preseason of the defense of, of being sort of free to make plays and, and chase after the ball and not necessarily be held back by their assignments as much as, as probably played out. I think that's really allowed their instincts uh, to go after the ball to really shine through, but just as impressive has been the depth that Tony White's, uh, been willing to show there. I think John Bullock uh, and what he's been able to do, he's, he's had a lot of quarterback pressures. Maybe he hasn't had those big sack moments the way that a lot of his teammates have, but he's absolutely uh, displaced quarterbacks through the first two weeks. Jamari Butler had his moments. I know he was more along the line against Colorado, but that's another guy that they like. And then, you know, Chief Borders, MJ Sherman haven't been superstars, but they've been solid. They've, they've, there haven't really been any obvious missed assignments. They've been solid tackling. Um, and, and so it'll be really interesting, I think, to see as this season goes on, how this parsing of defensive snaps pays off for Nebraska, because it does seem like in the past you get into November and you're in the big 10 grind and you're going up against a Wisconsin or an Iowa that wants to lean on you. But if you're saving guys 10 to 15 snaps a game, because 
there are so many of them coming in, how much fresher, how much more explosive uh, maybe can that unit be even uh, when things really, um, you know, get real in November. So it's been impressive. And I think uh, to your point, the depth has been uh, just as notable as what the guys at the top are doing. Brunt, I mean, we, we haven't talked a lot about Northern Illinois, and I don't know that there's a, a ton that I can add to the discussion other than we'll get to visit from our old friend Rocky Lombardi. Uh, as you look at this Nebraska defense, I mean, how 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 do you think they could sort of stress a team like Northern Illinois that comes in with their own kind of turnover issues and, and inability to move the ball against a Southern Illinois uh, defense last week that they only managed 11 points against? Yeah, well, you don't just go in there and push the Salukis around, let's be honest. I think I think what they can do is, is kind of going back to what I said earlier. I mean, I, I think this is the type of game where you should be able to turn tip balls or the the almost picks that, that Nebraska's had the last couple games into actual interceptions or, um, you know, creating issues with fumbles with, with some pressure. I mean, I, I think that's kind of where the, this game stands. I mean, it's a tough it's a tough kind of team to get at this point, though, because they, they played OK against Boston College. They came out with a win in overtime um, and, and didn't look so great last week. So which which team are they really? Um, you know, you, you kind of look at their defense and, and the numbers are pretty good there. Um, you know, they, they convert a high number of third downs on offense, uh, which has obviously been an issue for Nebraska's defense. So it, it, it's one of these games and it's, you know, a 10 point line right now that you have to be really careful with. But. Um, you know, Lombardi, I think is, is right around 50% completion percentage. He's throwing the three picks. So th- this should be another game where Nebraska's defense can kind of assert itself and, and, and maybe, you know, give a little breathing room for this offense, um, going into Saturday night. I know Matt rule did say on Monday that this, you know, this defensive front that they're going to see from Northern Illinois is actually probably one of the better fronts they're going to see this season. So that's something to kind of keep in your back pocket as well. Is Sutton Smith on that defensive front? Is he gonna is he gonna come back and just terrorize Nebraska fans from you know 2017? I believe. Let me check. Uh, he's out of, out of eligibility. He didn't he didn't utilize his COVID year well enough to, no. to make it last into no. 2023. You got an AD, you got an AD fired and he moved on. <laughs> he's who got Sean Eichhorst fired. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I forget that part of the history. What is on uh, his hands? Yeah. Evan, uh, who's a guy on Nebraska's defense that you didn't think you'd be talking about or has maybe changed your opinion of him uh, in just these first two weeks uh, under Tony White's 3-3-5 scheme? Mekhi Bear. I think that's that's a pretty obvious one to me. Like he was I don't even know that he was really discussed that much in fall camp. His name didn't come up a ton. And maybe that's because we didn't ask about him. But you know, what he's done, I think has been really impressive, not just getting snaps, but like in key moments. And last week at Colorado, uh, you know, he had, he had a key stop or two. I think he had a quarterback pressure in a big moment. Like this is somebody who, uh, you know, I think is, is, is reminding that, yeah, the future of Nebraska's linebacker group is actually pretty strong, like beyond Henrich and Reimer when they uh, move on. But yeah, I mean, it, what Bayer's been able to do kind of out of nowhere after being a kind of a reserve special teams type last year has been really impressive. And and it kind of reminds me of what Matt rule said Monday too, which was this idea that, okay, 
they've worked hard. The team results haven't been there, but his counter to them at that time was, well, how about individually? How, how has the work paid off for, for individual players? Um, and you can kind of go down the list with a number of different defensive guys, but I think Bayer is one of those obvious examples of, of someone who's clicked under this new staff. Uh, I think this scheme works for him. And it's just a reminder that when you, uh, provide more opportunities to guys in games. Sometimes they surprise you a little bit. And I think maybe Bayer's an example of that. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick time out. When we return, we're going to get into the oddly specific predictions, the picks to click, and the game predictions. We'll see uh, We'll see what happens with these score predictions. I'm, I'm going to be very interested in all of that. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, it is prediction time. Evan Bland, this is this is how things work here. We we make very specific predictions on what is going to happen on Saturday. Sometimes these predictions actually come true. Brunts has hit on several of them. I think I've come through on one or two myself. Our guest pickers usually have some good stuff in there. So there's there's gonna be some pressure on you here. Uh and with, with that all being said. Got to give us an oddly specific prediction. What's going to happen that you know in your heart of hearts in this Nebraska Northern Illinois showdown? Well, first of all, like you can oddly specific to me is is uh, is is subjective, right? Like you can be oddly predict uh, oddly specific in a way that that still plays in your favor. I'm going to be oddly specific in a way that really gives me no margin for error. But I, I think uh, the first touchdown of the game comes from Ramir Johnson. I think. It's a screen pass that uh, is thrown to the left side of the field to him. He goes in from 43 yards, 43 yards out, maybe weaves around a defender or two um, and, 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 and puts Nebraska up seven to nothing, temporarily puts some minds at ease. I'll give you a couple little follow-up ones. I think Nebraska, sure, love it. I think Nebraska chases its eight-sack game against Colorado with five this week, including one from Jamari Butler. And I think there was going to be a moment maybe in the second or third quarter where Nebraska's offense turns the ball over and you hear those familiar grumbles from the crowd, kind of the murmurs um, as they're as they're sort of processing what happened. And I think that happens on a, on a fumbled exchange on a handoff. Uh, follow up on that. Is there a Bronx cheer the next time there's a clean exchange? Like, do, do they get that kind of like smart aleck clapping from fans if they're able to successfully catch a snap and hand it to a running back i, I don't know if you go that route in the in the debut of your new head coach like it, it, it's such a weird opener because you've already had two games and right. you're on two and you've already said everyone's bad yeah it, it's kind of it's weird in that sense but i still think nebraska fans are 
on a on a on a night game, a beautiful night like you mentioned. I think they refrain from that for at least another week. Yeah, our loyal listeners, all five of them, might have noticed that Brian Christopherson is not currently on the on the Husker hype cast this time. He is uh, he's still in internet jail, uh, but he did somehow send me a postcard with his predictions on it, and so I have. I have Brian's oddly specific prediction and evidence. Funny you mentioned Ramir Johnson because that's where Brian's going with a two. Hmm. He says here on his postcard with a nice picture of Capitol Beach on it. Uh, Ramir Johnson takes an option pitch from Heinrich Harburg, 53 yards for a touchdown. He did not say if this is in mop-up duty. He didn't say if it's in the first quarter. He's just leaving it for our imagination. But that's what uh, that's what Brian Christopherson has for his oddly specific prediction. Brunts. He, he probably couldn't fit all that on the postcard. Those postcards are really good. small. Like, it's very yeah. tiny. He so, uses a ruler, too, so it's all measured out and even across. It's incredible, <laughs> but I think it's just a product of his times. He, he does typically write all of his postcards at a drafting table, I think. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, well, I'm going to go defense with my oddly specific predictions. I think you're going to see... I, I I like Evan's prediction of five sacks. I think you're going to see three sacks uh, come from freshman defenders. So I think you're going to have Riley Van Poppel with another, maybe a four-yarder. Got, he, he just gets kind of – the quarterback gets kind of caught in the wash and he falls on him. Uh, I think Princewell comes off the edge and gets an 11-yard sack, and I'm going to go with Cam Linhart. I don't know if you noticed in that Colorado game, there was a play where he just – you know. Big hands grab grab the, uh, the the Colorado ball carrier, and that's where the play stopped. It was kind of like the the manhand Seinfeld breaking the lobster, opening the beer. Uh, I'm going to go eight yards on Cam Linhart's um, sack as well. So three freshmen each with a sack in this game. All right, I like it. I am going to make my oddly specific prediction a little bit Rocky Lombardi related. I think. In, in a matchup of potential quarterbacks with turnover issues, Rocky Lombardi turns the ball over four times on Saturday. I think Nebraska, who has struggled to take the ball from their opponent, will have two fumbles off of strip sacks on Saturday and pick off Lombardi two other times in what is just a tough, tough game for the former Michigan State quarterback so four takeaways from nebraska all off of rocky lombardi two strip sacks i'll even give you names for them we'll go with uh we'll go with cameron lenhart for one we'll we'll play off of brunts claiming that he's going to get a sack and and evan saying it as well and then uh we'll we'll go if nick henrich forces the other one off of a blitz so those are those are your strip sacks your interceptions i don't know you're gonna have to you'll have to make those up yourself i don't have the names they're not coming to me at this moment of uh, clairvoyance that I'm having here. All right, picks to click. I am. Uh, let me let me consult the postcard here. Let's see what uh, what BC has. His pick to click is Omar Brown, who he has getting one of those interceptions that I talked about. Omar Brown with another interception. It would be his second this season. I will make my pick to click. Gabe Irvin, uh, as my score prediction is is going to show here in a little bit. I think this game is going to be kind of similar to that 2021 game against Buffalo. I think a lot of Nebraska running, uh, a lot of on the ground, and uh, some some points that way. So uh, Gabe Irvin has a good game against Northern Illinois. Brunch, pick the click. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Ramir Johnson. Um, everybody seems to be very high on what Ramir is going to do. Um, so I'll go with Ramir Johnson and wow. uh, finding some different ways to use him. Not just going to be, you know, diving into the pile. Oh, well, I clearly an option pitch is one of them. And I forget how Evan said he was going to score in the, in the, the opening half. Yeah, there we go. So Ramir Johnson's versatility all over this program. Evan, <laughs> who's your pick to click? I'm going to go Quentin Newsom in his 45th game and, and 28th career start. I think he gets his first interception as a Husker. I think it comes on a, you know, a throw to the boundary off of Rocky Lombardi and uh, it makes five tackles and, and generally makes life difficult for NIU's passing game. So I'm going Quentin Newsom. Are we in DiCaprio Boodle territory for, for Quentin Newsom here? Do we need to, to go crunch the numbers on starts versus – I think Boodles came against Purdue. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. Was that the 2020 or the 2021 season? 21, I think. Uh, Boodle left. He didn't come back for his super senior year. He was the one guy that left, I think. So I think if I had that Kansas right. City. 2020, yeah. All right. Um, we need score predictions. And I don't know what anybody else is, is going to do here. But I know what it says on BC's postcard. He likes Nebraska 23-15. I don't know how they get 23, and I don't know how they get 15. But BC likes 23-15. Evan? I say Nebraska 20-16. to I think Nebraska scores early, but they don't they don't finish the thing until maybe the defense uh, gets a turnover late that helps them seal it. 20-16. to Brunt? I'm going to say Nebraska 29 Uh to 16. I think I, I think you're going to see a defensive or a special teams touchdown to get to that number because uh that's that's a lot of points, but I'm going to I'm going to say 29-16 Nebraska. No. I don't know how or why, but 24-11 is a score that I have for Nebraska and Northern <laughs> Illinois. I don't know if it's safety and three field goals, I don't know if it's a touchdown, a two-point conversion and a field goal. I am not sure. But 24-11 Nebraska wins their first game of the Matt Rule era against Northern Illinois. Evan, how did it, how was your first experience on the Hypecast? Would you do this again? Would you tell all the other media members not to come on here? Which of those answers? I would do it, man. It's it's structure. I like the structure. Like I, my own it is it's more free flowing, which you know is whatever is is fine too. But like I do, I like the I like how it uh, you know puts the onus on us to make very specific and accountable predictions uh, that people can follow up on. Very good. Program's big on accountability. It's finally bled over to those of us that cover it, it seems. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone, you can check Evan's work out with the Omaha World Herald, and uh, we will be back with more Husker 24-7 content throughout the week. Be sure to check out Husker247.com. For Michael Bruns, Evan Bland, I'm Mike Schaefer. Brian Christopherson, still in internet jail. We'll see if we can rescue him by the time the game starts on Saturday. We'll see you later. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.